1: Kaylee. Kaylee George. Welcome, Kaylee.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, it's our pleasure. We look forward to what you have to share with us. As we were talking just a few minutes ago, I recognize and realize that you picked up a new hobby. Tell the folks what that is. Yeah. um, So,
0: you know, when it comes with recovering sobriety, you know, you put a little weight back on and I, you know, was like, I just want to, you know, do something for myself because I've never been an exercise girl. And my best friend, um, she, uh, before she had her son, she was a power lifter and she just absolutely loved it. She was like, come on, come on, like, come with me and like. I did it for about a week, and I was like, this is fun. And now I'm, like, almost three months in, and I love it. Like, I am just having a blast <laughs> just doing it.
1: That's awesome. Makes you—you you know, it's got to help give you a positive yeah. adrenaline rush this time around, and even a high of a sort, yes? Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's funny because—and it's so good for my mental health, especially on days that I don't want to go. Like, I just feel so much better, especially with, like, a lot of the circumstances I've been dealing with lately, like— um, Even after the funeral, I went and I just it just, you know, just washed over me and gave me that adrenaline and gave me that high to make me feel better winding down from the day's activities yeah yeah
1: we're going to talk a little bit about that funeral later i'm going to ask you to share with the folks your Mm -hmm. story and then we'll broaden it to some of those peripherals that still affect your life and have brought you to where you are and who you are but thank you for sharing the aspect of your lifting being a part of your mental health yeah uh you know the 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 mental health factor is key, and if we can't get it right in our mind or at least healthier in our mind, it's going to be hard to spread it throughout our body. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back, Kaylee, to, I don't know, some of the early years of your life. Who was was Kaylee? What was she about in those young days, those maybe up to— From birth to junior high, kind of Kaylee. Tell us about her.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, So I was always a really bubbly, super outgoing kid. Um, I never knew a stranger. Um, Anytime somebody, I I remember there's an early memory of being five years old, and every single stranger I'd ever go up to, I'd be like, my name is Kaylee George, I'm five years old. And if I was with my mom or my grandparents, I'd be like, that's my mom or that's my grandma. (laughs) And they just literally thought it was the funniest thing ever. I was a pretty good kid. I was always really good in school, got really good grades. I come from a family of addicts, so I grew up in AA meetings and NA meetings and Al-Anon and things like that. Um, So it's funny because this has always been a part of my life from a very early age, and I always thought, that'll never happen to me, (laughs) and I remember them, you know— Sitting in those meetings with my mom and uh, then being like, you know, do not ever say that to yourself. And I'm like, you know, I've seen this firsthand. I'll never be that person. And you never know until it's too late.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've had more than one person in your seat share something very similar to that. The idea it was the last thing on their mind, unfortunately, one of the first things that uh, started to tear their lives apart. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's go on up to those high school days. And... Uh, Tell us more.
0: Yeah. um, (laughs) um, Thinking about high school days. Okay. um, I was pretty involved in activities and things like that. Um, I used to love to sing and dance. I was pretty active in show choir, and uh, I did beauty pageants and gymnastics and things like that. I was horrible at sports, (laughs) but um, I absolutely loved to sing. It was something that really brought me a lot of joy and a lot of the misery that I dealt with growing up, dealing with the fact of the... um, having addicts as parents and things like that, because it was pretty hard growing up and dealing with those things. And then, plus on top of it, you know, trying to grow up and learning to be a person. And I uh, probably, it's funny. Um, I've had had—I've had drugs in my life, my entire life, but probably the first time I ever used, I was nine years old.
1: Nine years old.
0: Yeah, i uh, it was the first time I ever smoked weed um, or marijuana or whatever, you know, anybody wants to call it. Uh, My babysitter got me high for the first time. Um, She found my stepdad's stash and was like, you want to, you know, you want to get high? And, you know, I'm nine and naive. And up until that point in my life, I, you know, drugs are bad, you know. And then I had this cool person in front of me, you know, teaching me these things. Um, And that's kind of where my addictive personality started to stem. Um, And then I got to 13 and I tried alcohol for the first time. And I've never really... Had uh, a, I guess you could say a problem with it, which now I know that I have a problem with everything. <laughs> but you know, my mother's an alcoholic, so I was always like scared of it. Um, so I never really got caught into that. And then when I started hitting my high school years, is when I started, you know, to hit heavier things. Um,
1: was that, did you do most of that alone? Did you do it with friends? What was your involvement? How did that look, Kaylee?
0: Um, it was mostly friends and partying okay. and things like that. Um, I didn't start to do things alone until I probably hit 16, 17 years old. My grandfather had cancer um, and he had passed away when I was 16, and that hit me pretty hard. He uh, had just kind of been the light in my life due to the the abuse that I endured over my childhood years. Um, he was a big part in um, getting me away from that environment and giving me better outlets and things like that. And when he passed away, I never had that anymore. And uh, that hit me pretty hard. He um, was your,
1: your shining light, yeah, your safe place. Exactly. Uh, with, with him, okay.
0: <laughs> so when he passed away, I just I just kind of got lost, you know, and you're 16, 17 years old trying to figure out if you want to go to college. What do you want to do after high school and things like that? And I always thought I had my life planned out. And then just like I hit that age and I was like, what do I want to do with my life? And it was like I was trying to cope with the issues that I was dealing with at that time with substances and i always felt like i wasn't doing anything wrong because i wasn't drinking you know i was smoking weed and yeah using pills and using different alternatives and not drinking alcohol so i assumed you know that I wasn't doing anything wrong because the people that I had been raised by were severe alcoholics.
1: Okay, that was the drug of choice around you. So you thought if you stayed away from it, you were okay, but you yeah. substituted a one for the other. Kind exactly. Of
0: thing. All right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then when I probably, between the ages of 17 and 18, I met a gentleman and I. Um, I've always I've always had a thing for the bad boys. <laughs> and uh I for some reason just had just some kind of attachment to him and uh we had gotten done with a uh, party at Ball State. I was drunk and he was um, our designated driver and he was driving my car because I was the only one in school who had a car. (laughs) He was driving us back to my friend's house and uh, we stopped by this guy's house and he's like, I got to go in here really quick. And, you know, naive me. I didn't really do too heavy things back then. And uh, he comes out and he's got this piece of paper with powder in it. And I'm like, I need to know what this person has because they're driving my car. So I hounded him about it, and he's like, oh, it's just pills. And I never thought anything about it because I've never seen heroin a day in my life. After my grandpa passed away, I started, like, you know, feeling like the feeling like the pills and the weed and the alcohol wasn't enough to numb the feelings that I had inside that I couldn't control.
1: The pain of that loss.
0: Mm-hmm. And the pain of life and the— cause, I feel like his death t- sent me off the deep end because I was already dealing with so much because of the issues I had at home. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no,
1: you were telling us about how he brought that uh, paper out with the yeah, white yeah. stuff in it.
0: Um, so I started thinking about it. I molded over and just kept thinking and thinking about it. And I was at work one night and I sent him a message and I was like, How would you feel if I tried that? And uh, he was like, I don't know if I would want to be the one to introduce you to it. And I was like, OK, OK. I left it alone. And then, you know, he hit me back up again. And I'm assuming because he needed to fix that I had money, you know, and he'd hit me up. And he came to my friend's house that night and picked me up in his truck. And that was the first time I'd ever tried fentanyl in my life. It was just I don't know how to explain it. It was like euphoric and blissful. It was just like the heavy load of emotions I had weighted on my chest just were lifted away. It was just like I was completely numb. Throughout my time of using, I never had that feeling again. So when an addict says that they're, you know, they're chasing that high, that first time high, it is so true because no matter how much you use and no matter how many times you do it, that first time feeling, you will never have that again.
1: I understand that the endorphins that are released during that first high are so many multiple times higher than natural endorphins that give you that thrill. You know, maybe you've won a big ball game. You get maybe like two or three on the endorphin level. But when you're using that drug, it can be up in that eight or nine range, which, you know, just has to blow your mind in so many ways.
0: Right. And that's that's how, like, it was that one time and I was done for, you know, that's all I wanted after that. I just wanted that feeling of not being sad anymore, not being so overwhelmed. And a year after I got sober— I went to see a psychiatrist because I still felt the emotions. They all came flooding back. And I found out that I have a borderline personality disorder. And um, that was the feelings that I was running away from with the drugs. So I finally got some answers and figured out why I was feeling that way when I was young. And I still feel those feelings every single day. But, you know, I got the help that I needed for my mental health. And I learned better tools. I go into the gym and things like that. Um, to learn to control those better rather than using substances to cover them up.
1: So, Kaylee, how long did you, in a, an involved way, fight the battle with drugs? How long were you using them other than the alcohol? And, you know, I'm not diminishing mm-hmm. that at the age of nine, as you said earlier. But tell us about how long of a time frame were you into
0: Right. Um, the chase? Right. So, Gosh, I'd probably say about three or four years, which, you know, doesn't seem that long, but I'm quite young. (laughs) Do you
1: mind telling the folks what your age is?
0: I'm 22.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: I just turned 22 last August.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, So that was, you know, three or four years was a large percentage of your life when you were Your age instead of mine, it's a much higher percentage. (laughs) Yeah. So it did consume so much. What were you like during that time? If I'd have asked, let's say one of your teachers at school, if I'd have said, you know, how. What's Kaylee like? How would they have answered?
0: I was a complete opposite of who I actually am. I was hateful and mean. I was a liar. I am a horrible liar, by the way.
1: <laughs> That's not a bad thing.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was miserable. I was mean to every person I was around. I didn't care about other people. I only cared about one thing. You know, I'd had relationships with significant others during this time period and i would abandon them and make them feel you know less than they would always wonder why i never wanted to spend time with them because i was too worried about leaving and going and getting my different issues um i was the one of the worst kind of addicts i was a working addict i um have always had really good worth ethic, even as an addict which is so bad because it's so hard to pick up on someone who. Well plus uh, it allows you
1: to feed that habit with that right. weekly check. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. I think one of the big signs was I lost a tremendous amount of weight because I've always been a plus size woman my entire life. I've always struggled with my weight and when I was on drugs I couldn't ever keep any food down or it would be so bad that I you know, I was probably pushing probably about two forty in high school and I was like 19 I was 140 pounds when I went into rehab they the scrubs barely fit my body that they had me in They were just clinging and falling off. I of mean the nurse was just like "Girlie, There is nothing to you when
1: When was it you and I first connected? Um, Was that at about that age, that
0: 18, 19? No. No? Um, So I actually met you when you first opened.
1: Ah, so that was in 2014. Yeah, I was
0: probably about 15 years old. Okay. And uh, I came to meetings with my mom.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, So you met me probably eighth grade freshman in high school.
1: Okay, yeah I can think back now. that, that is much more accurate all yeah. right.
0: So yeah what,
1: what was the the damage you were doing to yourself other than physically to your relationships? You touched on that a little bit. but what about the family dynamics during that? time.
0: Um yeah, I uh I started to try to go to college and ironically I was going for substance abuse counselor. <laughs> and you know, I got in there cuz I denied that I had a problem for a very long time. You know, I hate to be, you know, bring down any family members, you know, sure. but you know, I never wanted to be where I came from. So I denied it for a very long time. So sitting in class and things like that, I would um be like this ain't this i don't want to sit here and be that person because this ain't me so you know i hindered you know my relationship with my education and i hindered a relationship with my brothers you know that i have the one brother who suffered from his own issues and then i have another brother caleb who's very successful and you know he has broken a lot of barriers with himself and from our family and i hindered a relationship with him and i and he didn't talk to me for a while. And that that hurt me because, and I get that he needed to protect himself. Me and my mother have never really had a good relationship. Even then, it was even worse because I was even more hateful with her. And it also hindered my relationship with my dad. He ended up, you know, giving me an ultimatum and kicking me out of his house and, you know, telling me that I needed to get my, stuff straight and that he didn't want any part of it because he didn't know what to do. He didn't know the first thing to do. So, you know, he decided to do the tough love. And now uh, we have a great relationship. I have the best relationship with my dad that I've ever had.
1: How did you feel about him during those moments of tough love?
0: I thought that he was a mean guy. (laughs) Beyond
1: that, probably, right? Yeah,
0: I would have had a few choice words for him back then. (laughs) I would
1: imagine so because... He saw it as his only way to help because certainly any other way wasn't working at that time, correct? Right. Yeah, I yeah. guess. So he decided to step up in that way. And there's such a fine line between supporting, helping, and enabling. Right. And until we stay on the right side of that line, as painful as it may be from both sides of it, we're not going to see much progress or success. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, you've told us about that. You've told us what. What was your lights-on moment? What experience? What did you go through to where you knew that you knew that you had to change, start stepping up, stepping out, and moving toward recovery?
0: Yeah, um, I would say my so my clean day is February sixteenth of twenty nineteen.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I know it's crazy to think that It's coming up soon. Wow. It is. It'll be my three years. It's crazy to think that. I... uh, It was a Sunday. I even remember what day it was. (laughs) It was a Sunday afternoon, and I uh, was sitting at my boyfriend's house at the time, and I had been going through withdrawals that day, and my brother Dakota had hit me up. And he was going to rehab the next day, you know. He was trying to get better for his kids. Um, He wanted to get his last fix before he went, and uh, he couldn't get a hold of anybody, couldn't do nothing. He hit me up. And I had never really used with my brothers and never really drank with them or even—I think me and Dakota probably smoked weed maybe once when we were younger. It
1: wasn't a secret from one to the other. You just didn't participate with each other, right? Yeah, so we were
0: both very aware of our problem, but we never used together. Maybe that was because— That would have been too hard for him or something like that. Okay. So he hit me up. I drove. I lived in Muncie at the time, and I drove from Muncie to um, outside Hartford City where he was living. Yes. Picked him up, went to Portland, and we got what we needed. And I used for the first time with my brother that night. I left and was on my way home, and I probably got like a block down the street, and I just broke down crying to myself. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm 19 years old. I can't. I'm going through withdrawals. I can't go a day without this. And I was like, I feel like this is the bottom of the low for me. I just used with my brother. Like, this can't get any, it can't get any worse than this. You know, like I was in a relationship I didn't want to be in. I was just with him. I felt like I pushed myself into the relationship and I wasn't being fair to him. And I wasn't being fair to myself. I just didn't know. I was just so... So you
1: kind of did some introspection, looked into a mirror that wasn't in front of you, but saw where you were and realized it wasn't where you wanted to be.
0: Driving down the road literally and figuratively, like just like I'm just like, this is not what I want in my life. This is not the life that I want to live. I have so many goals for myself and I've just thrown it all away to hide the feelings that I, I can't control. And that was the moment for me, and I hit um I was working at the Dunkirk Cafe, and um, I remember that Jolene. Yes, she. uh, She, I remember that you know that you guys help people out and get them rehab because you guys took my mom there. Yes, I messaged her and I was just completely honest with her. I laid it all out. I said, Jolene, I relapsed, and honestly, I had been using way before I even worked at the cafe, and I'm sure that they eventually caught on to that because you can only hide it for so long and she was like i was just waiting for the moment that you came to me and you know she got me in contact with you and you guys you know i think it was like two or three days later and we if i finally got there you know because those phones ring off the hook and we just kept calling and calling and calling and finally sent me there and i was absolutely terrified but i knew i needed it i needed to get out of jay county i needed to get out of the environment i was in I just needed it somewhere else that I could breathe different air.
1: And that was Harbor Lights, correct? Yes. In Indianapolis, from uh-huh. the Salvation Army. Yes. Absolutely so. That—for <laughs> you to remember it in detail like that, it must roll around in your head a lot. It was—
0: I will never for that that week is the is the last I will never forget that out of my entire addiction there's lots of things that I will probably forget about and maybe remember later but that week of me getting better I remember everything in detail
1: <laughs> the world changed your yes. world did for certain we're gonna to touch on kind of a tender topic now you've mentioned okay. your brother Dakota yeah and you've mentioned that he had his own struggles. Tell us about that. Oh. And uh, folks, you'll understand as we move through this one of the reasons why I've asked Kaylee to do it. So please share as you can.
0: I apologize if I start crying.
1: Don't apologize.
0: <laughs> Gosh, I really didn't want to be emotional today about it, but uh, you know, it is what you it is. You loved him,
1: right? I... You're going to be emotional. Yeah, of course. Not a I problem. Did. <laughs> Not a problem.
0: Gosh, my brother struggled with addiction. Uh, probably the same amount of time that I did, Um, even longer because he's older than me. How much?
1: How much older?
0: Uh, Dakota is 27. He would would have been 28 in a couple months in February. Yeah, he would have been 28 this year. And he struggled with addiction probably harder than me. Not, you know, and everyone's story is different. You know, he comes from the same environment that I do and seen the same things, probably worse than me because he was older and can remember more. And probably from the ages of, you know, 14 to, you know, now he struggled deeply. And probably like within the last seven years is when it got really bad. Probably uh, uh, about the year of his firstborn is when him and his uh, significant other at the time finally had started getting really bad in the things. And he struggled with heroin very badly. And he tried for a very long time to break that, but it just had such a hold on him that he he couldn't.
1: Yeah, I can remember contacts with him and time with him, and you would think, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe it's going to happen this time.
0: He passed away last month. He had had probably about four or five months of sobriety at that time. I know that he had been using the past year And, you know, there was uh, probably about two years ago uh, when he when he went to rehab, when I did, he had stayed sober for a while. And him and his girlfriend got the children back Um, after they had their third. She went to rehab and uh, was in a halfway house where you could have your children. And after she had Dawson, she had gotten better and he had gotten better. And, you know, they'd fallen off the wagon again and they'd gotten the kids taken away. Summer had went back to prison and Dakota was trying pretty hard to keep the fort down, but trying to do that by yourself and raise, you know, four kids is hard.
1: <laughs> hard for anybody.
0: Yeah. He had hit me up probably about four or five months ago and was like, you know, sis, I'm. he was back living with our stepdad and he was trying to get himself on track. And he had probably about... A week or two sober and you know he had talked to me and he was like I'm really ready this time like I want to get better for the kids I want to be better for myself I found God and my brother's always been a pretty religious guy but you know when you have other things in front of you sometimes you that's not the first thing you think about he'd said he'd found God again and he was really ready this time and so I, you know, I'm not necessarily a super religious person, but I was helping them, taking them to a couple meetings here and there. And I was taking them to um, there was that tent in Hartford City for a while. I don't know the name of the group. Um, but I went there and sat through a three hour service with him and that is something I don't do, <laughs> but I just had so much love for him and I was just so proud of him to see him so happy and so motivated that I was like, I will take you and I will sit there for you. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll learn something myself. I had my, uh, my great grandmother's house. I was helping my grandma clean out and, uh, he was sitting at my stepdad's house cause he didn't have a job right at at that moment and i was just giving him something to do so he didn't feel so discouraged and feel like he was just sitting there all day and so we spent a lot of alone time recently within the past year him helping me clean out the house and you know talking to me about the things that he wanted in life and sorry (laughs) now
1: you know i i remember along that same time frame Long story short, Dakota and I connected, and he went with me to one of our training sessions in Bern, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met him at the church. We spent that morning, biggest part of the day together, and you could see that that sparkle in his eye of hope and recognizing there is a better way. But you stated it so well earlier, regardless of how badly you may want it to pull it gets you back in the hole's incredible. So yeah, go ahead with some more, hon.
0: Right, I beat myself up for it because we hadn't spoken in about a month or so. And I really tried my hardest to keep up with him and do do the things that I needed to do. You know, life gets ahead of you sometimes and you try to, you know, try to work on myself and be a better person for myself. And I was going through a tough time because, you know, His mom was trying to make a better life for his kids. And I get that, you know, my side of the family, they aren't the nicest people. And she was, you know, trying to keep us away from the kids so they didn't endure more than they needed to. And I was hurt because I was thrown into that category. And it wasn't anything against me. It was the fact that these kids need a stable environment. These kids need... Happiness. They need love in their life. They don't need sadness and trauma and abuse. So we had um, started um, connecting again, and I was I was going through our messages the other day and uh, just telling him like, I'm so glad to have my brother back. Like, because we used to be so close as kids. He did so much for me. You know when our parents would get bad on nights. And he would take me in him and Caleb's bedroom and distract me and let me, because he's always had that luscious long hair. Oh, (laughs) even at a young age.
1: (laughs) You know, I did envy that. I've got to tell
0: you. (laughs) And uh, I don't have sisters. So he would let me put my little butterfly bow bow clips in his hair.
1: I'm not shocked. and
0: (laughs) And just let me dress him up like. And just give me that type of distraction that i needed as a kid and uh, within the last couple months you know so i'm so like i took the time every single day to text him and tell him how proud i was of him because i never wanted him to feel alone because i knew how it felt to have not have family and not have parents that were supportive and believed in you and wanted to see you succeed and didn't bash down on you because of your own addictions I got that call it was a friday i believe i just got done at the gym and i was at my best friend's house destiny and uh, she just had a baby so she was breastfeeding and you know just feeding the baby and we were winding down for the day and i got a call from my mom and i don't um i don't pick up very many phone calls from her something just i don't know just something pinged in my heart when i saw that her calling and i answered it and she was crying and i she was like, she just kept saying, are you sitting down, are you sitting down? She's like, are you holding the baby? What are you doing? And I was like, what is your problem? And I just, and my brain just went Dakota, Dakota, Dakota. And I was like, what? Like what, just spit it out. And she was like, your brother's gone. And I was like, what do you mean he's gone? And she was like, he overdosed last night and passed away and they, they didn't get there in time to save him. And I just started screaming at her, I was so mad. I was like, you're lying, you're lying. You're not, you know, like, this is not true. Like, because my, bro- my brother's okay, you know, he's got five months of sobriety, he's got a job now, he's working to get the kids back. He. This is, you're lying. And she indeed was not lying. He had passed away that night. He was uh, with a group of friends and, You know, as those types of people do, they freak out in those situations, and when the ambulance got there, it was too late. I really didn't know. You know, it's funny. Sorry. (laughs) Everybody was worried that uh, that I was going to do something stupid in that moment, and, you know, that's the last thing he would have ever wanted me to do was to cope with something like that in that way. And I had Caleb call me, and he's crying, and I haven't heard him cry in years. And he's like, I just want you to be okay. And he's like, I can't deal with this. And, you know, Caleb is a mortician, and... I don't know how he did it. He did her brother's funeral. Absolutely no. The strength he has to be able to have done that. And he would have never let anybody else do it anyways because it wouldn't have been good enough.
1: <laughs> I know that feeling. You know, you understand others can do it. They can't do it the same way as family member
0: can. Right.
1: And uh, to have that, gosh, dreaded privilege. I've been there more than once. And I. Like I said, he couldn't let go of it.
0: Right, yeah. He he, was like, this is going to help me heal. He's like, I need this.
1: Absolutely. So obviously that impacted you. Has it made you more resilient? Has it made you more determined to battle through your own struggles and addictions, Kaylee? Or, yeah, explain.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that it's caused me to be a lot more determined to be more involved in family life and being more involved in my active recovery. So this is the first time I've ever spoken about my own thing. And I really didn't go into big, super detail. You know, not everything's appropriate for (laughs) online. But, you know, it gave me because I never thought that I would be the type of person to speak. You know, I didn't think, you know, I'm young. People are not going to, you know, take me seriously or people are not going to get much out of, you know, me speaking. Um, But when he passed away, I was like, I have to. I have to I have to do something. Maybe I can help someone else.
1: That and what you're doing, you're helping those parents who have lost a child to yeah. to addiction, to overdose or through alcohol. You're helping brothers and sisters who have lost a loved one due to the same circumstances. You are impacting lives by what you're <laughs> saying. And sometimes our pain is somebody else's pathway out of the struggle. Yeah. You know, nobody would have wished this on you, not your worst of enemies, but this is a way to let others know it can be overcome. Talk to us now how you feel about where you are in your recovery.
0: Yeah. I feel like I'm in a great place. It's crazy how much time has passed and, Even within the last year, I've changed so much and so much for the better. You know, like I have in my professional career, I have developed a new love for helping people. I work in healthcare now. I'm a home health aide for special needs adults full time. And I am uh, currently working on my CNAs. I'll be I'll be starting classes uh, late January to get my CNAs.
1: Tell folks what CNAs are. It's a certified
0: nursing assistant. So I'll be working in a long-term care facility for nur- like a nursing home. And then once I get that certification, I'm gonna start going to college and I'm gonna work on getting my RN. I'm excited. This is the first time, you know, that I've really decided that this is something I wanna do. And I never thought in a million years that I would go back to college. Kayla you're
1: bringing <laughs> tears to my eyes. A little bit ago, you said you're what, 22?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, you talked about how young you are and how, you know, why is anybody going to listen to me? That's why they're going to listen to you, because you're in the middle of the battle and you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And you've got a plan to get through the tunnel. That's the exciting part for me, that it's not just, oh, yeah, I am where I am, but it's look at where I'm going to Go. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Seuss, uh, you know, talked about that pathway and how we get there and knowing where we want to go before we can get there is important and you've got direction and promise and you started this off by telling us of the Kaylee from years ago that was so bubbly was the word you used yeah. I didn't even have to write that <laughs> down and, and as we hear you chuckle even amidst the tears of the loss and the struggle it's there let her come out again she's starting to
0: yeah it's it's crazy like um you know i've learned to develop healthy relationships you know i met destiny and she's been the i've never had good friends like that before and she just generally loves to spend time with me as a person doesn't want anything from me and it's amazing and her family loves me and it's it's such a great environment to be around. It's like I am creating these new relationships and they're healthy and they're a little uncomfortable because I've never well, yeah. had someone care about me just because I'm a person. And I met, you know, I met, I have a boyfriend now. I met someone and he's amazing. And it's it's crazy. And I've never thought that I would love myself in a professional career like you know, I I finally bought my own car. Like, I, okay, I've bought two cars because for some reason I'm a magnet, <laughs> and everybody keeps hitting me. And I have my own place, and I have stable income. Like, it is crazy to think. You know, like three years ago, I was went to rehab when I was 19 years old. That's crazy. I wasn't even owned enough by alcohol. <laughs> and I'm just like, it is crazy how fast my life has changed. And for the better.
1: By all means. And that shows you what's ahead. If you just look back to the last three and see how far you've come, the next three aren't going to seem as far off. Right. That you can accomplish (laughs) what you can. So, Kaylee, let's kind of wrap this up. What, What thought, idea, or... You know, explanation would you like to leave these folks with? The, um, the, just a word of encouragement to those yeah. who may be where you are or may be a parent of somebody of where you were. Uh, yeah. Things,
0: things get better. You know, life can be very difficult and it hits you with a lot of curveballs. It's funny because the past three years have not have not been the easiest of my lives i've suffered a miscarriage i suffered the loss of my brother i suffered the loss of old relationships that i had to cut off and it's been one of the hardest three years of my life but it's been one of the best so just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad
1: Oh, that's powerful. The idea that recovery makes life all sunshine and uh, flowers yeah, and butterflies. It is definitely not. It definitely <laughs> is not. But it gives you a chance to see the sunshine and yeah. the butterflies, yes?
0: Exactly. You know, it's you find the good in the little things. Even though things are difficult, you know, the fact that you're sober and you're working hard and you're conscious of all these things just makes— even the hardships even better because you're like, I am proud of myself. Like, I did this and I didn't even have to go get drunk tonight. <laughs> Hooray <laughs>
1: for you. Well, Kaylee, I want you to know I am proud of you. Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> over the years, the relationship we've had, certainly it's not we talked every day or any kind of thing. Right, but, I but mean, we'll, you've
0: seen me grow up, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, and
1: I've seen you I'm seeing you start to blossom, and that's exciting. That brings hope, not just for you, but for me. You know, when I can look at someone who's still in the struggle and think, Kaylee was there, she got above it, that's encouraging. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your openness. Thank you for sharing your heart here today. Of
0: course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. It's been our pleasure. Don't give up on yourself and don't give in to the urge. Your answer. Your healing, your recovery may be in our next episode. Have faith in your recovery by having faith in yourself, your journey, and above all, God. Believe and stay in the fight.